0: construes specific investment advice and if you do require advice you should seek an appropriate advisor be that a financial planner or a tax advisor or possibly a lawyer
1: you know a 35 year old female that just walks out of, just walked out of a large bank with a with a $750,000 mortgage she's paying the exact same for her life insurance as a 35 year old male smoker
0: This episode of the CE Drive podcast is brought to you by Business Career College. Business Career College is a leading provider of financial services education, including the life insurance licensing program, the entire set of courses leading to the CFP certification, which is actually where I spend most of my time teaching and where I've met many of the participants in these podcasts. We also provide continuing education credits live classroom and webinar instruction in support of the Elder Planning Counselor designation and a few other odds and ends in support of folks in the financial services industry. You can find the full catalog of course offerings at www.businesscareercollege.com. And Welcome back to the CE Drive podcast. This is Jason Watt. I'll be joined today by Matthew Inglis. Matthew and I are going to discuss creditor insurance, its ins and outs, and The episode is really good for CE credits. We've got lots here. Uh, BC, yes, to life insurance credits there. Alberta, both a life and an ANS credit. Um, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, all good for life insurance credits there. it will be good for an Advocates IAS credit. Uh, We'll get a credit from FP Canada on the financial planning side, IROC on the professional development side, and MFDA on the insurance side. The object for today is this very bright yellow shirt. Um, I got this at probably a Sun Life golf tournament a couple of years ago. Um, No particular endorsement of Sun, but it does have the uh, Sun logo there on the side. And uh, yeah, I I do have a lot of friends and colleagues and so forth at Sun, and I know there's some Sun Life folks listening. So anyways, nice bright yellow shirt. And uh, yes, life is brighter under the sun. Let's, uh, with that, roll into the interview. And following the interview, I'm going to uh, discuss a little bit around um, corporate-owned insurance and deductibility of premiums. And you'll see there's some overlap here with some of what Matthew talks about near the end of the episode. Hi, I'm here today with Matthew Inglis. Matthew is an insurance advisor and a couple of other things too, Matthew, I think, um, based in Regina. Matthew, can you give us a little intro of your yourself and your various businesses?
1: Um, I've been in the life and health insurance industry since 2007. Spent 10 years with a captive agency financial institution. 2017, I left to form my own independent um, life and health insurance specialist brokerage. Uh, f- mobile advisors, life and health insurance specialists. Um, in 2019, rolled around, COVID hit. I decided to get into insure tech and uh, started uh, dabbling in the uh, the creditor insurance industry, which turned out which turned out to be called creditor insurance watchdogs.
0: And um, I think you're not live yet with a product on creditor insurance watchdogs, but can you tell us a little bit what's going on there?
1: Yeah, so 2019. So I guess the reason the reason I I decided to step into to InsureTech was that 2019 rolls around, COVID hits, becomes really hard to focus on personal production because underwriting of life and health insurance products becomes nightmarish. So um yeah, in 2019 I decided to start focusing and working on creating a platform that uh allows uh, Canadian consumers, advisors, brokers, financial planners to instantly compare and compute the costs of creditor insurance products sold through various financial institutions in Canada. What it would do is it would immediately compute and compare the costs of those creditor insurance products to uh, traditional life and health insurance alternatives offered within uh, within our market space.
0: So I would be going to get a mortgage. I'm going to get a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage, life insurance policy with a three thousand dollar monthly maximum disability benefit, and some CI, and I could price that against, let's say, the same package sold by I don't know Manulife or Industrial Alliance or whatever the case is.
1: Yeah. So yeah, exactly. You'd be able to, you know, if you walked into a financial institution, a credit union, a mortgage broker, and you were solicited creditor products, whether it be on a business loan, commercial loan, line of credit, personal loan, or residential mortgage. If you purchased creditor insurance products solicited by your lender, you would be able to, we would have the technology, the insure tech to um, compare the cost of that product to the cost of replacing that product with equal parts traditional
0: term insurance di or ci yeah that sounds like a worthwhile endeavor i'm sure it's a big undertaking because that's a uh, i gotta think not something where the information is all readily available off the shelf N-
1: nope
0: <laughs> all right um so you'll have to let us know when the product goes live i'll be interested to uh, see this i'm uh, interested to see it actually in application so mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have to go and get myself some creditor insurance so I can see that comparison. When we're done on this, I will, I, I'll, I'll demo
1: it for you, and I'll give you access to it. Yeah, beautiful.
0: Okay, um, so now, in the course of doing this, I assume, in fact, I know from your LinkedIn primarily that you have delved a lot into creditor insurance products, into all kinds of creditor insurance products, and you're really great on LinkedIn with uh, writing. Um, just, I think, pretty good posts about, you know, various aspects of that creditor insurance side. So I'm hoping we can delve into some of the uh, features here for the listener slash viewer. Sure. Perfect. So the big one, of course, is the mortgage. I go to the bank or credit union or possibly even um, with one of the alternative lenders, and I'm going to take out a mortgage, and I'm going to have let's say for starters, life insurance. And I know it's common to bundle these today. We can talk about that bundling, I think in a moment, mm-hmm. what is, what is that life insurance going to look like on the mortgage side, pure mortgage here?
1: Okay. First off, let's, let's understand the differences between, a let, let's understand what a creditor insurance product is to begin with. Cause I think a, a lot of people, I don't think that industry really understands what a creditor insurance product is, or what a creditor insurance certificate is. Um, so, a creditor insurance product is a group-styled, overpriced, contractually subpar product that is sold to Canadian consumers upon time of credit uh, credit application. Okay, so that's a roundabout definition of what a creditor insurance product is. But it's a group product. People need to understand that, right? So when we talk about the contractual differences between a uh, creditor group product or a traditional term life insurance product, you know the most important are within a traditional product you get a fixed fixed price and a fixed uh, fixed volume of life insurance for a specific period of time. And you also get product that is traditionally renewable and convertible. Even though we're starting to see we're starting to see people want to pull away from. From 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 creating uh, renewable products, which is which is starting to get kind of interesting. To go back to go back to the uh, the pricing, traditional life and health insurance is priced based on mortality. There are numerous creditor sorry there are numerous traditional term insurance providers in Canada all competing against each other, so that creates competitive pricing. Traditional life insurance is based on mortality. Okay. Traditional life insurance is based on gender difference. It's based on smoking status difference. So it it it, it creates favorable pricing situations for the Canadian consumer. Or if you go and take a look at most creditor life insurance products on the that are offered through financial institutions. I'm not going to say all of them, but I, I know with certainty that that top five tier one banks offering creditor insurance products on their mortgage, they, first off, do not price based on mortality. Um, They only offer one creditor insurance product solicited to be purchased on their mortgages sold through those financial institutions, which means that there is absolutely no competitive pricing because they've strategically positioned only one product. Um, the pricing is predatory and the pricing is unfair as well. So to give you an example, um, if a, I'm a 38-year-old male smoker, if I went into said tier one financial institution, borrowed a half million dollar mortgage and purchased a creditor life insurance on it, I'm going to pay the same for my creditor life insurance as a 38-year-old non-smoking female. So. When unfair and unjust pricing comes into play within creditor life insurance products on mortgages, not all of them, because there are creditor insurance mortgage certificates that do offer um, unblended smoker, non-smoker, unblended gender. But for the most part, um, all financial institutions offer creditor insurance that is uh, blended gender and blended smoking class. So, if you just take those things into consideration, you know, a thirty-five-year-old female that just walks out out just walked out of a large bank with a with a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars mortgage, she's paying the exact same for her life insurance as a thirty-five-year-old male smoker.
0: Which, if you priced it out, like if I went and got those policies from like an individual agent and you know shopped them around or whatever, probably have a hundred percent difference there between those two premiums. Yeah, sure. Like if you want, I can,
1: if if you want, I can give you a, I, if you want, I can give you a quick quote.
0: Well, we'll pass on the quote right now, but I, I love it. Yeah. That's uh, it's uh, so, so easy to do. Right. I, I get you. Um, yep. I think that's, that's part of what you're talking about. You're talking about that competitive pricing, right. Is that you have access to quoting software. You can spit out whatever you need in terms of quotes fairly easily. So, yeah. 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 Um, Okay. So that's a good explanation of the pricing. Um, what happens with that mortgage policy as you, uh, let's say, get to renewals on your mortgage slash pay down the mortgage? What's happening there?
1: Right. So again, it's a it creditor insurance product can be portable based on who you originally purchased a creditor insurance product through. So I've got to be careful about, about generalizing what happens when you renew a mortgage with a different financial institution? But there will be many cases where if you're switching from one financial institution to another, you will have to requalify for the new financial institution's creditor insurance product, credit, which puts you in a, in a fairly or can put you in a fairly precarious position in the event that you've, uh, you've run into medical circumstances. That no longer allow you to get through the eligibility questions on the new creditor insurance uh, eligibility um, application.
0: Can you give an idea what those eligibility questions would look like? Is it uh, you know is it different if you're say forty and older or fifty and older or different based on dollar amounts? What does that look like, Matthew? Again, it bounces back and forth between
1: different carriers. Um, you know, you have different eligibility questions. So for the most part, the eligibility questions are going to stay the same regardless of your age, providing providing that the application, providing we're talking about one application at one financial institution, but other applications and definitions might be different in another creditor insurance certificate. So if you have to leave one creditor insurance certificate that you have uh, qualified for um, to walk across the street to, to get your new mortgage at a lower rate to then disclose that you've had um, a stroke, or now you have high blood pressure, or now you're, you're you're diabetic. You know, all of those questions are going to be caught, which are probably going to dis- probably going to disqualify you from from being eligible to to uh, to purchase the creditor insurance product on your new mortgage with your new financial institution.
0: So you could very well be stuck with your original mortgage lender, just having to renew there, really losing your ability to to negotiate your mortgage. It's an interesting concept and an
1: interesting question. Does one get stuck with their original mortgage lender based on the fact that they cannot requalify qualify um, with uh, the new mortgage lender's creditor insurance product? I mean, at the end of the day, they probably run into that problem well after they've already switched the mortgage, I would think.
0: Yeah, it would depend on how, uh, how careful a shopper you are, I think. That's a fair point, yeah. The big picture here is, is that
1: you can get caught, you know, much like switching occupations or jobs, you know, continuously, um, putting all your eggs into the, uh, the, uh, the, the basket of your, of your life insurance benefits within your group benefit plan, right? It would be no different. So, um, there is, there's opportunity for you to, there's, there's opportunity and chance that, that you may, that you may, uh, no longer qualify when it comes to uh, looking at coverage for your new mortgage. I've seen this happen on, uh, on, the, on the business side. So when we're talking about uh, business credit or insurance certificate, believe it or not, when somebody goes from a, uh, just a business and incorporates their business, they actually have to rewrite their credit or insurance certificate and reapply. Nothing's changed. It's still the same business. It's a new legal entity, right? It's, so. a, it's, a, it's a new legal entity, but the fact that, that, that individuals, and I've seen individuals and heard of individuals that no longer qualify based on, uh, based on that, which is, uh, which is just another interesting predicament people get themselves into by purchasing credit or insurance products.
0: Sure. And again, if I, you know, whatever, seven years ago, if I bought the, like an individually underwritten policy from Foresters, and I would now have that policy, I could continue to pay premiums, whatever I want to do there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Um, okay, so what about uh, terms and conditions? You talked about underwriting, you talked about pricing, um, you talked about that portability or lack thereof. What about terms and conditions of the actual insurance contract? Any differences here? Or sure. insurance certificate, as the case may be? Yeah, there are a ton,
1: Jason. But again, because they're all different, I have to be very careful about what I say because I can't generalize. So when it, com- when it comes to the term terms and conditions, um, yeah, read through them. <laughs>
0: um, so can I ask this? Would you find, let's say, exclusions on a group policy that you wouldn't find on a standard issue individually underwritten policy? I'll go as far as saying
1: that some of the creditor insurance certificates out there are actually so bad that if you do not make a claim on a critical illness within 90 days, they could actually, they could actually deny your claim. And I'll take it one step further based on, let's say, AMF in Quebec because creditor insurance lobby group, Caffey knows that they can't get away with as much in Quebec as they can in the other provinces because of how strong the regulations are in Quebec. It'll actually state right in some of the creditor insurance certificates that if you're in Quebec, we'll actually pay you if your elimination period or claims period exceeds a specific date. But if you're from another province,
0: we won't. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, the Quebec regulator, the AMF, came out with a report dealing with um, claims around critical, illness, like not um, like marketing claims around CI policies mm-hmm. earlier this year, late last year It was pretty good, and it did deal with creditor insurance as well as individual insurance. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, so that's the life insurance side. What about disability insurance with respect to? And let's just focus on the mortgage for now. Sure. So you know, lots of the financial institutions today will allow you to buy disability insurance or bundle disability insurance with your life what does that look like
1: right so again we go back into some of the same equalities that we find within creditor life insurance pricing and the two the two massive inequalities and we'll throw a third inequality in here the two big inequalities are um blending gen- blending genders so regardless of male or female you're going to pay the exact same for uh, disability protection to protect the outstanding to protect your outstanding uh, payment. Um, they, they lump in the, uh, the smoking, non-smoking blended rate. And to take it one step further and to make it even more um, unequal is they blend all occupation classes as well. So for your listeners out there, what occupation class means is, remember before, you know I, was, I, I said, I'm a 38-year-old male smoker and I'm going to pay the same for my life rates as a 38-year-old female, non-smoker, right? Let's throw occupation class in here, and let's say that I swing a, I swing a, a pipe wrench on a, on a drilling rig uh, uh, floor every day for a living. Let's go and turn that 35-year-old female into a, a, a physician, okay? So my occupation is much more dangerous, and I have a much higher morbidity rate working on a rig floor, than she does sitting in a office giving medical advice for a living right now we have that inequality too so within the pricing the pricing suggests that not only not only does a 38 year old male non-smoker pay the same as a 35 year old female sorry 30 38 year old female male smoker pay the same as a 35 year old female non-smoker we pay the same for a disability based on me having an extremely dangerous occupation or a much higher chance of morbidity, that's what we call risk in, on the disability side. We have the same risk class based on our occupations as well. So it takes it one step further and it's even more unequal uh, in my mind.
0: That's good, Matthew, thanks. Um- and what about coverage on the disability side? What's your, what does coverage look like? You know, how long are benefits going to pay? What would be, is it going to pay the max amount of the mortgage payment? What, what are you going to have there? So you will have some creditor DI products
1: that pay 24 months and you will have some creditor DI products that pay five year. You just have to pay attention to the creditor insurance certificate that you're reading through. Um, most will have uh, pre-existing exclusions eliminated from the potential of making any further claim, right? We know what that looks like. You know, if I had back problems six months ago, if I have back problems six months into my mortgage chances of me making a disability claim on the credit or disability insurance I purchased is negligible, probably not going to happen. <laughs> Most elimination periods are 60 days, as well. That's what I see pretty much across the board when it comes to creditor DI products. So If you're trying to compare an Apple to an Apple, those are some things that you need to take into consideration when you're looking at comparing a traditional loan protector product to a creditor disability insurance product.
0: Yeah, I find this is the hardest one to do an apples to apples comparison on. Like the life insurance thing, uh, you can still kind of get a feel for like a half million dollars of creditor life versus a half million dollars of individually underwritten life. Mm -hmm. But With the disability product, I find it's much more difficult. Again, because you say the shortened benefit period um, because you' you're basing it on just the mortgage amount. So yeah, I, I agree with that, Matthew. I think that's the, that's a really tough one to do good apples to apples on. Oh our, uh, our, t- our technology has you there too, Don't worry. Oh nice. Okay, yeah, that'll be exciting. <laughs> um, and what about uh,
1: critical illness insurance then? It's just so hard to find a traditional product that's cheaper than creditor CI. Because creditor CI is so bad, <laughs> it's 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 three illness and the uh, how how outdated the definitions of critical illness are compared to let's say the you know the leaders in the CI market space like Desjardins, Sun Life, um, uh, Industrial Alliance. I would consider them as some of the leaders in the CI space, right? They're always updating their definitions to make them better than each other's, right? So if you are going to compare a creditor CI product to something that we can that, that's on our shelf, um, we do have products that are very, very, very comparable in price. You just need to know what to compare to. So if you're comparing a creditor CI product to something traditional, you can't compare a three illness Swiss cheese contract to a 25 illness with an ROP attached to it. You can't, we can't do that. You can offer that to the client after you've explained what the differences are, but if you're going to compare a creditor CI product to a, to a traditional off the shelf product, um, a four illness T10 comes very close, especially when it comes to a
0: non-smoker. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, and I don't see a lot of that sold. I see most of the CI being sold today with the 25 ish conditions. So, yeah but remember that nobody in
1: canada has sold more ci than td on their creditor insurance certificate fair yeah nobody has a bigger nobody has a bigger portfolio of creditor insurance premium coming in
0: than td's creditor ci product so yeah that's a fair point um now what about the bundled or you know unbundled version so you know you mentioned the big green bank here for example um, where you can get Life, CI, DI bundled? Can you unbundle? What happens around that? Now, to be clear, some banks sell Life, CI, and DI.
1: Some banks sell Life, DI. Some banks sell Life, CI. Completely depends on what they want their flavor to be and what, what agreements they have with the creditor insurance provider. Um, but yeah, I, you know, in most cases, you have to have creditor life in order to access creditor DI or CI. You can't just purchase a creditor DI, you know. But uh, as far as bundling goes, it's just additional creditor insurance products tacked on to your creditor insurance application on the back of your on the back of your mortgage credit application. Um, there are instances where you know I see a lot of creditor products that will offer a discount based on joint lives. I can't, off the top of my mind, really think about. Um, any creditor uh, bundling situations where it offers an overall discount based on purchasing two products. So I don't see a lot of discount happening when you purchase multiple products, but I do see discounts happening within the creditor insurance products when, you, when, when, you're, when, when two, two lives are insuring on the same
0: mortgage. That's interesting. Um, anything else that we should chat about with mortgage creditor insurance before we move on to other product lines?
1: I, one thing I would caution individuals to pay attention to is creditor insurance certificate maximums. Uh, you go and you take a sizable mortgage, like we're talking over a million dollars from a financial institution. I can tell you right now with certainty that no financial institution, actually no creditor insurance certificate pertaining to mortgages goes over a
0: million dollars in Canada. And I know CI has a limitation as well. I think most institutions cap CI at 500, don't they, Matthew?
1: 300,
0: 500,
1: 450. And the reason being TD has the biggest creditor, insur- creditor CI insurance portfolio in Canada is because their CI actually goes up to a million, which is kind of scary. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Creditor, creditor CI protection on a TD mortgage can go up to a million. And again, if you think about the cost of CI, plug in a million dollars worth of creditor CI in on a 55-year-old uh, male uh, male's uh, mortgage, you can imagine what the cost would be. But again, it makes, it makes logical, rational sense as to why TD sells more creditor CI than everybody. And it's because their creditor CI limits are twice that of any other financial institution in Canada.
0: Did not know that. That's good. Thanks. Um, anything else on the mortgage front? be careful about limitations.
1: That's, that's the big one. You know, when we're, when we're, when we're, when we're computing, like for instance, giving a an an idea, let me give you an example, RBC, the mortgage creditor insurance certificate max is out at $750,000, right? But if within our technology, we do not want to compute the cost of, of a creditor insurance certificate being sold by RBC at a million dollar value, because what we're doing is we're, 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 we're creating a, we're comparing the cost of a product that doesn't exist, right? So what we've in, what we've done within our technology is we've embedded the limits. So so if you go in and, and, and your client tells you they got a million dollars of the crop, million dollar mortgage at RBC, and you put one million in, we won't let you go any further because we don't want to, We don't want to get in trouble for computing the cost of a million dollar creditor insurance product that doesn't exist, and we want to compare what you have to what you could have if you replaced it. So baked right into our technology is all of the uh all of the creditor insurance products um, maximum uh maximums and limitations
0: now can we move on to credit cards here which i imagine is a lot by number of (laughs) number of um let's say coverages in place but i don't know what the volume actually looks like of coverage here so um the alarm bells of credit card insurance go ahead matthew what's the problem you see the flames shooting out of my ears yet? <laughs> okay. So where
1: do we begin? Creditor insurance on credit cards usually maxes between 15 to $25,000 in coverage. Okay. So within a creditor insurance certificate on a credit card, and they're all the same, they all, you know, they might have different logos on them, but they all walk, talk and act the same. You've all got four, four creditor insurance products embedded right into the certificate. Okay. So that cut, that's life, critical illness, DI, and job loss. Um, these products sell at a cost of about 10 to $12 per thousand. To give you an example, okay, me as a 38-year-old male smoker, I can go and shop the market for a term 20 life insurance policy right now, and my cost per thousand is going to be about 50 cents per thousand. Credit cards, creditor insurance certificates, cost the certificate holder 10 to $12 per
0: thousand. Yep. So that's, I mean, steep, astronomically is, steep on the life side. It's criminal. Um, yeah. Now bundle in your DI and CI with that. Um, does it get any more economical?
1: No. So you, Or job loss too, as you so said. So Jason, you get all four of those products for, 12, for 10 to $12 per thousand. But, um, but what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at is that, that, that the Canadian consumer could probably buy all three of those products
0: for about $2 per thousand. That's fair. Um, okay. So that's, uh, anything else with credit card insurance? I mean, absolutely. Let's keep digging. Yeah, go keep us
1: going. Okay. Yeah. So the next issue with regards to creditor insurance on credit cards is that the certificate comes bundled with four products with no, no, with no option to unbundle. Okay, so yeah, you have to take four, four products. Two of those products require you to be, em- to be employed in order to, to be eligible to make a claim on, which is disability and which is job loss. So if, you, if, you, if you've, to anybody that's ever purchased creditor insurance on their credit card, they would know that there's never been an eligibility question asked. So to be honest with you, Canadian consumers that, are, that have creditor insurance on their credit cards are actually being stolen from, quite literally.
0: Yeah. I see the, uh, yeah. Like if you haven't asked that question. Yeah.
1: Yes. So there, there are no eligibility questions on creditor insurance certificates for credit cards. In fact, so in 2018, the Aussie regulators did a deep dive into what they deemed junk insurance, which is creditor insurance sold through financial institutions at a very, very, very heavy rate, as well as creditor insurance sold on, on credit cards. So, um, Long story short, the uh, the, Aussie, the Aussie banking creditor insurance industry looked identical to Canadians pri- pre-2018, but in 2018, uh, the Aussie regulators' ASIC really dug deep and hard, and they took the creditor insurance certificates from within the financial institutions in all over Australia, which are spitting images of the ones that we sell here to Canadian consumers. Um, uh, they deemed them junk they deemed that the, that the financial institutions within Australia overcharged Aussie consumers by 250 million dollars based on findings and made them repatriate all of that premium back to the Australian uh, people so um yeah.
0: i would be shocked to see such a thing happen in Canada i think we have a pretty high tolerance here for i don't think so yeah i don't think so. i don't I, I don't
1: i don't think so i think it's very hard for regulators to ignore the fact that um, there's a movement as big as mobile advisors or there's a, a movement as big as creditor insurance watchdogs going on. And the fact that we've caught financial institutions with, with their hands in
0: the cookie jar, it's going to be very hard for them to ignore this. Jim, you're more optimistic than I am here, I guess. Barry. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Somebody's got to be fighting the good fight. So it's one,
1: it's one, it's one thing when you, it's one thing when you build a uh, questionable creditor insurance product. It's another thing when you build a creditor insurance product that steals from people. Yeah. Um
0: yeah this is, so it's an interesting perspective right the idea that you don't underwrite that risk you just assume that it's insured and then yeah charge premiums on it i i do see the issue there it'd be interesting to see what the dollar mass look like when you say you know a quarter billion dollars in australia that's uh, it's no small change so
1: canadian 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 consumers between all creditor insurance certificates in canada so we have canada premier which, which provides within one of the big banks we have Assurant, which isn't even a Canadian organization, uh, isn't even a product that they're willing to sell back in the United States because they're not allowed to sell it. They sell their creditor insurance certificate through four of the banks. Uh, we've got Chubb Financial, we've got Manulife has one and we've got Cus that have one has one between all of them, they suck 500 million dollars worth of premium out of Canadian consumers on an annual basis with an average uh, with an average loss ratio of 5% between 5 to 10%.
0: Right. Whereas when you look at like life insurance, life insurance has loss 60. ratios around, yeah, well, I was going to say on individual life, it's uh, yeah 60%, I guess, overall. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So then what about um, creditor loan products? So if I go and take out a fixed loan, any difference here from, let's say, mortgage products?
1: Some are really bad really, really bad. Let me point out the ones that are horrible, because this is when we get into single premium credit or insurance products, which means, imagine if, imagine if I came to you, Jason, sat down at your table, and you said to me, Matt, I got a half million dollar loan, and I'd like to insure it for the next 10 years. And I said to you, Jason, not a problem, but I'm going to need 10 years worth of premiums up front. And then you say to me, Matt, I don't got 10 years worth of premiums. And I'm going to say to you, Jason, while the only way that I can give you this life insurance to protect this loan is if you borrow the premium from me and let me add it on to your half million dollar loan, and then let me charge you interest on that. And that is an actual creditor insurance product. And I refer to those as single premium or front end loaded creditor insurance products. You will find those within all automotive dealerships right? That, that discussion earlier. Uh, you, will, you will also find those within um, credit unions, financial, institute, financial institutions, Canada Life and Sun Life, I don't think have the cojones to actually introduce something like that into the marketplace. But you got to be very careful in credit unions because both of the creditor insurance providers and credit unions have that, have that, have that garbage product. Interesting.
0: Okay, I was not aware of that I've
1: not seen that. So yeah, so that'll be on Cumis's. Cumis's. Uh, so if you get a small loan within a within a credit union, and your your certificate provider is Cumis, it will be front end loaded like that. Uh, same with uh, Vallejo, aka Canada Premier, who is gobbling up a whole bunch of distribution within creditor within uh, credit unions as well. So I'm I'm pushing for a ban on that product as well, or I'm letting regulators know that you know. Here's some things you might want to have a look at, but for the most part, for the most part, other financial institutions. Let's talk to the, the 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 tier ones. Their products will look very similar to creditor insurance protection on a mortgage, but they jack their rates up because they know that the values or the 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 the, the outstanding values of those loans are much smaller, so they can increase the premium to, to to push up the threshold.
0: Um, and then what about, uh, and you you mentioned this one horror story already, or the set of horror stories with commercial lending. What about with commercial lending? Anything different here?
1: Commercial lending is always going to be the most favorable because those are the most favorable clients and they don't want to upset them. So Within any financial institution, you're going to have three creditor insurance certificates and there's going to be three different sets of cost per thousand rates associated with them, okay? So you're going to have commercial creditor insurance certificates and this is going to be your business loans, commercial loans, agricultural loans, and all those lines of credits associated with them. Then you're going to have residential mortgage creditor insurance certificate. Then you're going to have personal loan creditor insurance certificate. We know that from the bottom up, the loan value or volume just gets bigger. So they have to be very careful about how they price them because if they price creditor insurance certificates uh, at the commercial level, the same as they do on a $10,000 loan, then their commercial clients are going to be extremely unhappy. And creditor insurance pricing is all predatory and it's based on thresholds. And it's based on what I, what I call, what I deem a, uh, a cancellation threshold. They price them. Based on where they think they can price them to, without the client being psychologically aware and actually wanting to cancel it, or prior to it actually being a problem with regulators. <laughs>
0: um, and any other differences you would see? So the maybe slightly more favorable um, terms and conditions, slightly more favorable pricing. Anything else that's different on the commercial side?
1: No commercial commercial clients commercial clients usually get it more more favorable so when it comes to commercial you m- remember when i talked about uh gender blending and uh, smoking status blending on the mortgage side they'll actually unblend those for commercial clients
0: interesting okay um now you're in regina um and uh, i assume you would have some farming clients on the insurance side what about uh Farm lending or agro lending. Here, you mentioned that I know you you talked about that a little bit with the commercial. Anything different on the uh, farm lending side, Matthew?
1: Every bank is going to offer the same commercial certificate to their business clients or their farming clients. The only certificate that you're going to see that's any different that's fairly straightforward, black and white is going to be FCC's creditor insurance certificate. That's going to be the only that's going to be the only creditor insurance certificate in the marketplace. That's
0: just agriculture, um, and of course, Farm Credit Canada, a huge, huge lender, and I think a fairly large insurer too by volume. Well, Matt, right? That's uh, anything. Is is that a product that you would sort of jump into replace, or is it a product that you would sometimes leave intact, sort of given the choice? Nope, go after that one as well.
1: Yeah, when so it comes when it, when, it, when it when it when it comes down to pricing, there's yeah. no creditor insurance. There's no creditor insurance. Certificate that's priced better than traditional alternatives. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Other than when you get into some of the the blended, um, you know, like for instance, me, you know, like I've got I've got I've got a 38 year old female who's who's paying for me to levelize my cost because I'm a male I'm a male smoker. So there's actually situations where it might make more sense for you. I would never in a million years want a creditor insurance product over a traditionally underwritten term insurance product. But from a cost perspective, there might be some instances where it makes more sense.
0: I about that, um, and I'm not saying that that's a reason to keep it in place. It's just that if you're only looking at premium, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so um, we had a little discussion about this offline beforehand, um, but I have a long-standing client uh, who um insurance licensed in alberta and specializes in like their their only line of business is selling um mortgage sorry, selling creditor insurance to auto dealerships and the you know sometimes like we're in class and there's a bunch of insurance agents like traditional insurance agents in class and there would be some bad mouth comment about creditor insurance and he comes back and says okay that's fine Um, but you know, traditional insurance agents, you've had this opportunity to get everybody insured and there's just not enough life insurance being sold. Basically, if you were better at your jobs, I wouldn't have a job. So, um, I'm interested to hear the retort here, Matthew, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Um, I'm coming for the creditor insurance industry. So are a lot of very large um, organizations that, that, uh, that uh, share in my vision. And um, there's nothing that the creditor insurance industry or the lobby funded CAFI are really going to be able to do once we shed light on what the industry is and give Canadian consumers uh, the ability to actually uh, make their own choice. Because to be honest with you, at the end of the day, last place in the world a Canadian consumer should be buying life insurance is a single premium garbage product from uh, the office of uh, the finance dealer of an automotive dealership.
0: You do see a lot of insurance sold that way, though. This is, I think a lot of auto dealers sort of assume that into their sales. Yeah.
1: And you know what? I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, I could, I could, there was an ounce of, an in- of integrity behind. Um, that individual's comments, then they wouldn't be selling single premium creditor insurance products to their clients, uh, and uh, amortizing the cost of the creditor insurance into the loans, charging the clients uh, interest on top of uh, the, the 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 creditor insurance product. So, you know, when somebody like that, when a comment like that is made, it's discredited based on the products that they're actually selling. You know. M- might make sense, and I, I might actually, I might actually take a genuine stab back at the individual if they had a a, a a product that wasn't as predatory as it was.
0: Now, what about so you know you've given a good summary of the features of the product, of some of the red flags, some of the things to watch out for. Now, can we step into the shoes of the insurance agent? So you're insurance licensed. You, um, I think your your primary activity is still going out and actually selling life insurance. Um, do you see any risk for the agent in replacing life insurance, or sorry, replacing creditor insurance with individual written product? Is there anything you have to pay particular attention to here?
1: No, um, it's a group product, so it doesn't require an LIRD. But what you're going to have to pay attention to is holding your client's hands through the cancellation process, because we know what the the, the contact center is going to try to do or attempt to do when a client calls into cancel their creditor insurance product you know so the uh the uh trying to preserve the business is going to be something that that becomes more and more of of an issue as we move our our uh, our, uh, our initiatives forward there are other ways to cancel your creditor insurance products and make them that make that that are a lot easier just won't say them out loud
0: <laughs> all right um that's fair so um that's a good point that uh you know, no, uh, the life insurance replacement declaration, none of that required. That's only when you're essentially replacing individual with individual. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I think that's true in all jurisdictions. Um,
1: you want me to give you a, a quick example of one of the clients that we have most recently dealt with, or one yeah, of the clients yeah. I most recently dealt with?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a creditor insurance report pulled up. So this is the, this is clearly from your firm, from Creditor Insurance Watchdogs. And yeah, thanks, Matthew. So 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 once we're done once once we're done uh,
1: identifying the creditor insurance products that the clients have, our technology generates a report to be sent out to the client. Okay, so in this case, we were dealing with a fifty-six-year-old male non-smoker. Okay, so fifty. So our creditor insurance uh, report uh, uh, identified that the cost on his our uh, CIBC residential mortgage of five hundred and fifty thousand was fifty-four hundred and twelve dollars annual premium. Yep, annual premium. His CIBC farm line of credit on a $400,000 line of credit was $3,408 per year. His FCC agribusiness loan for $750 was costing $7,560 per year. Yep. The total, total volume of creditor insurance that the client had was $1.7 million, costing him $16,380 per year. We rewrote a term 15 policy and saved the client $8,000 per year in premium.
0: So, and I just for those who are listening, it's a it's a pretty thorough report. Well, pretty pointed report, I guess. It shows the premiums being paid, and three sort of comparable premium structures. Um, Yeah, pretty clear here that there's money being spent needlessly. Thanks, Matthew. That's a good example. If you can, if you email me that, I'll find a way to share it in the show notes too. So, sure. Yeah. Thanks. Um. Yeah, that's a that's a good concrete example. So. Um, What about with reasons why is there, do you, when you write a reasons why letter, do you say this is a replacement of a creditor policy or do you just say there's an insurance need based on this loan, this loan, this loan? The
1: reason why is to, is to replace creditor insurance with all the outstanding debt. I mean, the, the reason, the, the, the reason why is to, is, is, is fairly self-explanatory.
0: That's fair. That's a good case study. Thanks for sharing that. Like financial institutions, they don't write reason why letters. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, anything else you'd like to share with us, Matthew? You've been very thorough and I appreciate that you've uh, had the like you've, you've really done this to a depth that I've not seen, where you've gotten to know the products well and you know products from a broad range of providers. Anything else you'd like to share?
1: No, I like to pride myself on thinking that I know um, uh, enough about creditor insurance to hold a pretty good conversation. Yeah. Other than that, you know, a lot of people have been watching what I've been doing for the last year or two. And, you know, to be honest, our technology has been ready for, for quite some time. I mean, we keep bettering it because technology, I mean, it, it's never perfect. There's always more and more and more you can do. You know, the reason our technology is not in the marketplace yet is because we are, um, we're working on the next steps. Some people may have seen, um, uh, uh relationship, uh, disclosure or release, um, post on, uh, on uh, LinkedIn, you know, a few months ago, detailing that we are um, we're actually in a relationship with uh, Munich Re and the um, Parachute Digital Solutions team. What we're what we're attempting to accomplish with them is uh, is uh, is amazing. And um, once that amazingness is done being accomplished. Um, this will be a, uh, solution that's available to every life and health insurance advisor, uh, or, or broker, um, in, uh, in Canada. We're just waiting. We're just ask, asking, asking for all the people that have been waiting for this. Trust me. I want to get this out as, as, as bad as you, you want access to it. Just, uh, we're just, we're waiting to, to finalize some things.
0: All right. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Matthew. Thanks again for your patience with my interruption and uh, really appreciate your um, willingness to share here. Good luck with the uh, product launch. It sounds like that's not too far off. And I know that's a, that's always an anxious thing. So enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. Okay. Um, lots there. I, I really love Matthew's passion around this. You can hear that he really cares about this outcome. And it's interesting to see kind of force of will he has around this. He really is starting to gather or has gathered a fair bit of momentum around the changes he's looking to make. Uh, to be interesting to see where this plays out. Um, I'll certainly keep apprised of it myself. He's worth a follow on, um, LinkedIn. You'll see he posts quite a bit of stuff on LinkedIn and tends to get good traffic there. So, Again, uh, just follow uh, Matthew Inglis on LinkedIn. Um, You'll see that uh, whether you agree with everything he says or not, he is a really good follow on LinkedIn. Just a ton of good content there. He knows his insurance stuff. As you heard the interview, he knows his creditor insurance stuff particularly well. Okay. So the uh, number for today's episode is nine. The number for today's episode is nine. What I wanted to spend a couple of minutes talking about here is the deductibility of insurance premiums um, when those premiums are used as part of a collateral lending arrangement. So first off, if we're going to deduct premiums on an insurance policy, it's not that common to be able to do. You have to have a policy where the lender requires that you have insurance. Now, honestly, um, it's pretty rare that a loan actually outright requires that you have insurance, although you see it with farm lending. Matthew talked about that a little bit in the interview. Occasionally, you'll see it with commercial lending. What's actually pretty common here is that you would get the loan approved and you would say, look, if I collaterally assign an insurance policy to you, is that going to do me any good? And the uh, creditor will say, sure, uh, collaterally assign the policy to us and then we'll give you a letter saying we needed you to do it. So it's this kind of I don't know, back and forth between commercial lenders and, and the uh, business owners who are taking out these loans. And to, just to note, you don't have to be incorporated to do this. This could be an individual who's taking out a loan for business purposes, or it could be a corporation taking out a loan for business purposes. In either case, the policy has to be collaterally assigned to the lender Okay? I only ever see this done with life insurance, not with any accident and sickness product. I've never seen it with a critical illness insurance policy. And then you can deduct some of your premiums. Now, what you can deduct is a little bit tricky. So you can only deduct what you need to cover the policy. So first off, let's say that you have a million dollar term policy in place and you take out a $500,000 loan. Well, you don't need a million-dollar policy to cover that $500,000 loan. You would make a collateral assignment of that policy to that lender. So that means notifying your insurer that the lender is now a collateral assignee. And you would then be able to deduct premiums, but only a maximum of half of your premium. Now, I'll show you in a second here that there's another limitation, but it's a million-dollar policy, a half-million-dollar debt It doesn't make sense that you could deduct the whole premium, you can only deduct up to half of it. The other limitation on what you can deduct is that it's the lesser of your net cost of pure insurance or the premium actually paid. Okay, so let's go back to our, let's say, term 10 now, million dollar policy and let's say just for the sake of simplicity that i'm paying a premium of $1000 a year. So i'm going to have a level premium for 10 years at $1000 per year. But what that really represents is maybe in year 1 the cost of insurance on that policy is $800 and then be 820 in year 2 and 860 in year 3 and increasing and maybe by the time you get to year 10 that Cost of insurance might be, let's say, $1,300. So you're leveling the cost of 10 years of net cost of pure insurance with that T10 policy. So in year one, you've got a half million dollar loan, a million dollar policy, a thousand dollar premium, and an $800 cost of insurance. Don't worry, there won't be a quiz later. You'll take the $800. The lesser of net cost of pure insurance or premiums paid. So $800 times 50%, you would be able to deduct $400 of cost related to that policy in that year. Fast forward up to year 10. Let's say you haven't paid down the loan at all. You've kept the loan at a half million dollars. In year 10, you're paying a premium of $1,000, but your net cost of pure insurance is $1,300. You can deduct the lesser of 1,000 or 1,300, so $1,000 in that case, and that's going to be prorated again to the amount that you need to cover the loan, so you'd be able to deduct $500 in that 10th year, okay? I hope that that makes sense. You're deducting lesser of net cost of pure insurance, and I would just note as well, net cost of pure insurance is based on the cost of a one-year non-renewable term policy, If you don't have a one-year term policy on your shelf, a T5 is going to give you a pretty good equivalent. Uh, We can generally get the NCPI for any given policy in an illustration from our insurer. So you can always see what NCPI is, or you can kind of proxy at a T5 is going to be fairly close. If you happen to have a T1 on your shelf, you should see that other than the expenses associated with the policy, it's going to be a pretty close fit to net cost of pure insurance. So That's what you can deduct. And it doesn't matter if it's an individually underwritten policy. So if you've gone to somebody like Matthew and gone through the application process and you now have a policy where you're paying premiums, or if you got that policy from a commercial lender, so just the kind of stuff that Matthew was calling into doubt for most of the episode, if it's one of those policies, still your premiums are proportionally deductible. The result of a collateral assignment then is that you've made the assignment to that lender. I would just point out that it's not an assignment based on the loan. It's an assignment based on the relationship with the lender. So let's say you did what I suggested before. You had a million dollar policy, got a $500,000 loan. You get the, the loan all paid off. So you zero the loan balance. That loan is gone. It's done over with. Five years later, with the same lender, let's say you have a $400,000 line of credit, you die in that year, the assignment has never been removed. Well, what's going to happen is the insurer says, hey, look, there's an assignment on this policy. They're going to call up the lender and they're going to say, hey, do you have any outstanding debts? And the lender is going to say, yeah, we have a $400,000 line of credit outstanding, even though the assignment was not related to that line of credit, it was to the lender. The lender is going to say, yeah, we're going to take that first 400,000. That goes before anything goes to the beneficiary. It's not a beneficiary designation. It's a collateral assignment. It's really an ownership of the rights to that death benefit. Then you're going to have $600,000 left. That would be paid to the beneficiary. Okay. And if it's a corporate owned policy, then you're gonna have in that case, a million dollar CDA credit. So there's $600,000 that goes to a beneficiary or a corporate beneficiary in that case, $400,000 that goes to the lender. There's still a million dollars of benefit that accrues to the corporation. So if we follow section 89 of the Income Tax Act, that still tells us that getting the loan paid off is a benefit. So you're gonna have a million dollar CDA credit in that case, even though, at minus the ACB of the policy, of course, which is going to be fairly low, if anything, on a term policy. Um, So even though you have an amount that flows outside the the business right away, it still creates a credit to the CDA in this case, which would allow the corporation later on to distribute that, let's say, net $400,000 to its surviving shareholders on a tax-free basis. So a little bit of CDA planning uh, can go a long way. And I'll just issue a reminder here. I know I already said you don't typically see living benefits policies as collateral assignments, also living benefits policies. So whether it's a critical illness or ad or disability policy, do not create a CDA credit. Okay, I hope that's a useful summary of deductibility of insurance premiums. Um, I find that sometimes the amounts are so low to honestly just not make it worthwhile to jump through the associated hoops. Okay, this uh, session wraps up our risk management quarter. So starting in July, we're going to roll into... The compliance and regulatory affairs quarter, and uh, my first interview here is going to be Bill Donigan. Bill is the uh, chief compliance officer at Manual Life Securities. Uh, super interesting interview. You'll you'll hear in the interview that Bill has a just a great background, super well rounded. I learned a lot from talking to him, and I'm confident that you will as well. Thanks very much for joining us. Enjoy your continued studies. Thanks very much for joining us. You'll be able to do your quiz by creating an account and subscribing for $15 a month or $150 a year at businesscareercollege.com. Those who subscribe on an annual basis will also have access to three half-day continuing education seminars covering a variety of topics and capturing a range of different continuing education credit requirements. In order to get your credits for this episode, you'll have to do a short five-question quiz. You'll need the number that i went over just after the interview the object that i displayed at the beginning of the interview and you'll also have to recall a few details nothing too challenging from the episode once you have completed the quiz within the course where you did the quiz you'll be able to click at the top right corner and from there you'll be able to choose the option to view wall certificate that's how you'll see your ce credits hang on to that although the system will hang on to it as well I would like to acknowledge the efforts of a few people in getting this episode to air. Jocelyn Lord, Rennie Wong, and Sushami pomalo are the amazing marketing team at wino Training, which is Business Career College's parent company. Sush also does our video content. Joseph Tong composed the theme music and does the sound editing for every episode, as well as uploads the episodes to all audio platforms. Ryan Nguyen takes care of all our CE approvals.